It's Sunday, and you know what that means. He's here to advise us all. Dick Morris is on 77 WABC. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. Yes, I'm stuck Good morning, in- Dick Morris. You're the man. Good morning, Doug DePiro. You're my loyal sidekick. I think I'll, psychic? I'm a psychic? I think I'll start calling you Tonto. <laughs> Psycho. Psychic. Um, so in the election coming up, Trump has hit a bit of a stalemate and a bit of a wall. And uh, he's been moving up in the primary until he now has a commanding lead over DeSantis, a 40-point lead. Why this idiot is choosing to run and announce his candidacy at this point, we'll talk about later in the show. You really think he's going to? Yeah, but it's inconceivable that he would. I still don't think so, but. But But the important point is that in the general election, in the polling we've done, we are still, 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 still only four points ahead of Biden. And we've been four points ahead of Biden for month after month. In fact, McLaughlin does monthly polling. And in the polls going back to the Afghanistan embassy evacuation, uh, we are four points ahead and have remained that. So as Biden collapses, as the negatives on him increase, as Trump's positives increase, his favorables increase, and his lead over DeSantis quadruples, he's still four points ahead of Biden. And four points in a normal country in a normal time would be enough, but it's not because Democrats will steal it. And we need to have a, a lead that is unstealable, right. uh, so big that they can't steal it. So We have to be a lap ahead like in the car Several race. laps ahead, yeah. yeah. So I've hit on the strategy that we've discussed, and uh, I'm polling it right now. And when we get the results, I'll share them with you. But I think it's going to work. It's based on something Bobby Kennedy said, Bobby Kennedy Jr., He said, but I do think that there's a growing coalition in this country of populist forces on the left and right that are convening now and finding common ground. And I really think this is probably the only thing that's going to rescue American democracy. So after we go through the confrontation we're having now, there's got to be a morning after. There's got to be a morning after. Cute song, cute song, Dick Morris. So we all oppose genetically modified food. We all oppose having too many antibody antibiotics fed to cattle so that it gets into the uh, DNA and mm-hmm. the germs become resistant. We all oppose saturating our food with pesticides. We all are worried about small banks and community banks failing. So the only bank on the corner is... Chase or Citibank or Wells Fargo that don't even know where you live and could care less about you when it comes time to give mortgages or car Mm -hmm. loans. We're all worried and apprehensive about replacing the greenback, the dollar, with digital dollars, uh, where every transaction we have is open to scrutiny by the government. We all, left and right, feel feel frustrated and angry 
about censorship by high-tech censors, and we're determined to overcome it. Uh, we all feel, probably, that it, most of us, or, that it is wrong to vaccinate very young children against a disease to which they are not susceptible, COVID, and a vaccine that is not fully tested. Uh, we are all of the opinion that the lockdowns probably cost more than they save. When you say we're all, you mean right and left. Right and left. Got it. Uh-huh. That they probably cost more than they saved. That when you add up the cost to the businesses that closed, the businesses that never reopened and never recovered, when you look at the cost to the industries and the companies that failed, you look at the suicides, you look at the uh, drug and alcohol addiction spiking, uh, you look at the divorce rate climbing, the lockdowns probably cost more than they helped. Mm-hmm. And, and you also look at the fact that we could have isolated those who were in danger, quarantined them ag- aggressively, and really stopped this disease because it was, at the time, sensitive to age. And we've all, we all are feeling frustrated at our retirement savings being taken and forcibly put into ESG funds, which we have no voice in. But ESG? It's, yeah, it's, uh, it's, um, we'll get it. Something, uh, environmental, uh, social, social and governmental funds. Right. Meaning climate change and stuff like that. Uh-huh. Even though it's a lower return on the investment. We all agree on this, left and right. The only people who disagree are the, the government, the deep state. Sure. Call it the military-industrial complex. Yeah. Call it big pharma. Call it big tech. Call it big government. Call it big unions. Call, call it call big it brother. Corporations, big big brother. brother. It's more like I it. mean, all of it. They all are the same name. They, they all name the same thing. This establishment that tries to force these opinions down our throats. The big guy. And the left and the right agree on that. Uh, go to any left-wing group, and uh, don't tell them you're for Trump. Take off your <laughs> red hat. <laughs> but but you go in there, and, and they will agree with this stuff. And we agree on the right. So let's have a fusion. Right. Let's work together, as Kennedy said. Uh, let's. Uh, in the, I do think there's a growing coalition in this country of political forces on the left and right that are coming together now and finding common ground. I love that term you use in fusion. That's fusion. great. And it's based on nuclear physics. When Right now, we power our elections by fission. We split the atom. And when we split the atom, it sends off a chain reaction that splits other atoms and other atoms and other atoms till we get nuclear power from it. But when we split the atoms, we generate heat and anger and polarization. Explosion. Explosion. Mm. And we know that fusion can give us more energy. And that's the strategy that I'm urging on the Trump campaign. Now, that strategy gets us that 4% of the vote, that more than 4%, because they're people who are sensitive to these issues, care about these issues, and know the establishment doesn't care. We're driving a wedge between the movement Democrats, if you will, and the establishment Democrats. Explain, Lucy. The movement Democrats, meaning people who are into food safety and uh, against high tech and uh, anti-vaxxers in terms of children and the uh, anti-big banks, anti-lockdowns. 
the movement Democrats. The Democrats were weren't born that way, but became that way as a result of issues. Those who were opposed to war, the constant state of warfare, um, where wars all over the place go on and our national treasury is drained for that. They were opposed to bankrupting our country to bail out Ukraine. And there's a wedge between them and the mainstream Democratic Party. And Biden would never embrace these issues. Schumer would never go down this road. Pelosi would never do it. Is that because of votes? What's their reason? Well, first of all, they don't believe it. Uh Secondly, they're dependent on campaign contributions from big pharma and big industry. And Trump is not because Trump gets all of his money, almost all of it, from independent small donors, denominations of less than $100. So he's not bought. So he's not bought, and he tells them to go stuff it when they yeah. try and to tell them what to do. He literally doesn't use that word. <laughs> no, he doesn't. <laughs> not at all. He uses a four-letter word. No, I, I know him well. Letters, right? <laughs> he's one letter over the quota, <laughs> one more over, the, one toke over the line. <laughs> but, but the the point is that that we these these liberal can, left-wing voters can come to Trump over these issues. Right. Uh, and because Trump will, will welcome them and be there. Trump hates the FDA as much as they do. Trump hates the EPA so as much as they do. So you're basically saying you're going to pull in a lot of the people on the left with this type of That's right. uh, what, what you, your strategy That's you're right. with. That's if great. you want to catch more fish, you got to put your net out in fishy waters. Ah. And these are fishy waters. And waters you normally would The fish are all over right, there right. because they, they're not in the main place because that's where the main fishing takes place. Good, good. So you can't go not your best analogy, and, but and it's get, good. Yeah, it's I doing all it. right. It's <laughs> doing all right. No, but I see what you're saying. You're, you're going to that side to yeah. pull the people and that's using right. these things. That's right. Good, good. Okay, so we'll come back and we'll talk to you about the loser of all time, Ron DeSantis. It's Sunday, and you know what that means. Here's Dick Morris on 77 WABC. I'm a It's Sunday, and you know what that means. Here's Dick Morris on 77 WABC. I'm a loser. I'm a loser. And I'm not what I appear to be. So we came back into the segment with the DeSantis campaign theme, I'm a Loser, by the Beatles. And he's not what he appears to be. He appears to be a strong anti-Biden Republican alternative. And he's not. He's splitting the party. He's knocking Trump. He's helping Biden every day that he, when he comes into this race. Because of that? Because yeah, of because that of reason, that. sure. It's, it's splitting, splitting, splitting our people. And down talking, trash talking Trump. Uh, look, DeSantis was a pretty good governor of, Cal- of uh, Florida. Sure. I think he did a very good job of highlighting federal issues at the state level and finding ways to protest federal policies through state policies. And he made the state red. And that was, and that was very creative that he did that. Uh-huh. Other governors didn't do that and didn't know how. So when uh, he started, to, when the left started to propose sidelining family values, he closes down Disney World or comes, at, comes after it. When the left tried to insist on critical race theory in schools, he insists that schools not do that and uses his yeah, power great. over Florida public like schools that. to do that. 
And uh, in a host of ways, he really used state power to fight federal power in a way that we have not done since, wrongly, the desegregation days. But that's where it ends. Uh, He's not done anything about the economy. We have no idea if he knows which end is up. His only statements on foreign policy have been absurd, saying that the fight between Russia and Ukraine is a territorial dispute in which we do not have a vital interest. And he simply does not have the experience, the qualifications, or the smarts to run for president. He, he should sit back and learn from Trump, sit back and watch him like he's in a classroom and watch him, let him be his mentor. You, you look at that CNN interview that Trump went to. DeSantis never could have done that. He would have hollered at her. He would have been tough and strident. Yeah. But to inject humor? I uh, like when Trump had the thing in his pocket. He goes, let me take this out and tell you. And then he said to the audience, he goes, Nah, nah, I don't want to bore you with this. And then the, the, the girl later on said, like a minute or five minutes later, blah, blah, blah. She brought up the six again, January 6th. And he goes, all right, I'm taking this out of my pocket. Yeah. <laughs> the way he did it. And then, you know, and then when it. he said, and when he said, <laughs> that was uh, great. And then when he said that, uh, he would not, um, that he would, I, I forget what he Because I was president. Yeah. When he, he said, doing don't I'm, use the, the, uh, the, the, what do you call it? The, um, um, Whatever he said. A trillion-dollar deficit. Don't use the deficit. Right. Don't use the deficit as a wage. And how come you said as president? Because I was president. Yeah. Why, don't, why are you doing it now? Because I'm not president. <laughs> that was crazy. He's a pisser. Yeah. This guy's a freaking and, pisser. And DeSantis would never be able to do that. DeSantis would never have said, you're nasty. Uh, oh, that was great, too. He, he, but then, you know what I noticed? At the end, he shook her hand. He goes, yeah. that's a great job. I wanted to say, I wanted like to say to him, yeah. don't, don't do that yeah. to call her nasty. So call me. Let me know what you think. 800-848-7222. 800-848-WABC. DeSantis missed the bus. He waited too long. They'll teach about it at the political, the schools of politics. You mean to announce? Yeah. what you mean? Exactly. To campaign and uh, and announce. He assumed, with the conventional wisdom, that the elections in 24... The primaries start at the beginning of 24. The uh, debates are in the fall. So wait until the summer to announce. Don't force feed the pace. And that you're governor of Florida and use your governorship to attract attention, to attract support, to flesh out the image of your program. Don't force yourself into the election. And Trump said the hell with that. He said, I have a negative stain because of the... uh, because of the 22 campaigns, and I'm going to get right into this. I'm going to jump right in and start campaigning like hell. I'm going to do rallies. I'm going to make the case against Biden. I'm going to become the presumptive and preemptive Republican candidate. And uh, that was terrific, and he moved from 10 points ahead of DeSantis to 20 to 27 to 32, and now he's 40 points ahead of DeSantis. Because of you. And DeSantis, no, because of himself. And DeSantis know. missed the bus. DeSantis never did that because he was, uh, he was waiting to fire. And uh, he just waited too long. Uh, people will teach this in political science classes of what, of what not to do. And they'll talk about the mistake that DeSantis, the mistake that DeSantis made in this. Uh, let's go to Judith in Brooklyn, our usual standby. Hi, Judith. Hi, Judith. 
Hi, guys. You know what? I'm calling about something, but before that, listen, who would you like to fly the plane? Good people who never flew a plane or a pilot that has the experience and success. Good example. I'd like to make sure that the pilot is a gay, transgender, (laughs) uh, handicapped pilot. Uh, and, and, and if he does, I'll, I'll... And homeless. If he does, I'll fasten my seatbelts. So what's on your mind, That was Judith? good, Judith. I like that. Oh, no, Dick, what I'm trying to say is that's President Trump. Like, DeSantis is a good guy and everything, but he's never, he's never been the president. Experience. It's okay. like, it's like right. if, you, if you get on a plane, you want someone yeah. that already has the success and knows he's so successful. So get to Trump. what's okay. on your mind, Judith. All right. So I'm calling because I'm listening to all this, and the media, they're so bad, they suppress the truth all the time. So here's a suggestion. I wonder if uh, the Trump campaign would, like, take all of, a bunch of billboards all over the country as people are driving, and you get information out there that the media is going to suppress and put it out there. I don't know what, anything, yeah, you know, well, about Biden, all the truth distinctly, and everything. That's distinctly 19th century. Uh, what Trump's doing now, which is better and more effective is his videos. Uh, go to DonaldJTrump.com. Donald J, don't forget the J, Trump.com. And you'll see there every video he's put out. He has 20 or 25 of them. He just did one the other day about immigration. And they're terrific videos. They really tell the truth, and they do just what you said Trump should be doing, to uh, to the media to counter their propaganda, and it's a it's a wonderful thing to do, wonderful thing to go to. Let's go to Sandra in New Jersey. Hi, Sandra. Hi, Sandra. Happy ha- Happy Mother's Day to both of you. And to both um, of you, I want to, I want to I want to first say about the uh, commentator when when Trump called to nasty. You should have heard what I was saying under my breath. But but what I wanted to say was last night when I was watching your show, you know how they have the writing underneath it? I guess it's called, I don't know what you call that. Chiron. The Chirons. Okay. So they said that Ron... For some commentators, it's called an epitaph. (laughs) But for me, it's a Chiron. Okay. Okay. So I saw that Ron DeSantis is going to make, contribute to the fund for the Marines that accidentally had a not good outcome. So I said my first reaction was, wow, I wish Trump thought of that first. Trump probably already donated, but did it quietly. And I'm thinking maybe it's better that Donald doesn't do it outright yeah, right well, now because of Trump all isn't Trump doesn't do stunts. Right. You know, I mean, he solves problems. He doesn't really do stunts. And, uh, and I think he's all right. Let's go to Lou in Portchester. Hi, Lou. Hey, Dick, how are you? Um, so, so, so I, I, I love the premise and, um, in the list and, um, and galvanizing, you know, both sides of the aisle with, you know, uh, uh, describing, uh, indicating things that, that both sides would have to, to be yeah. for. And, and that's something that I've actually thought should, should really be the, the whole strategy, stay focused, talking points, stay, stay on those. Yeah. Uh, instead, instead what they're doing, what they've always done is the Democrats are prepared for us to use the usual issues, inflation, crime, immigration, the border, all of that stuff they're prepared for. But they're not prepared for us to use their issues against them. When I worked for Clinton, this was my strategy. I said, use our tools 
to fix their cars. Use our tools of cutting the budget, of making people work for welfare, of setting time limits to fix their cars, the welfare system, the deficit, and so on. And here what we're doing is fixing their cars and their issues, and we hold them in common with them, and I think we'll get a lot of support from them. But go ahead, Lou, I interrupted you. No, 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 no problem. Let, but let me, I just want your, your opinion on this, because one of the things on the list, um, I don't, I'm, I'm, respectfully, I don't think deserves to be on the list, and that's the censorship issue, because I think that's, that's a major issue where the left has shown, and, and with all the social media platforms, that they're willing, and the mainstream media... Now, Lou, you're, willing, you're, confusing, like, you're confusing the left with the left. Uh, the, the establishment left centers like hell. They're the people that run Silicon Valley. They're the people that run Twitter and Facebook and everything. They're the ones who don't put opinions they disagree with on search engines. Mm-hmm. You have to find them on page 10. But the, the movement, the people I'm talking about, the Kennedy left, the movement left, call it what you will, they uh, hate censorship more than we do. Uh, Bobby Kennedy could talk all he likes about how the COVID vaccine is dangerous and the lockdown costs more lives than it saved and that as the stats come in about COVID and about suicides, um, you have to ask why in Africa where there was a 10% vaccination rate, there was a tenth of the infection rate of COVID than there was in the U.S. And uh, he's not allowed to, he can't say any of that stuff. It's never there. He's called an anti-vaxxer. They belittle him. They call him crazy. Who, who are you talking about Bobby right Kennedy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they don't publish any of our stuff. Uh, the left censors the left as much as it does the right. And they are as mad about that as we are. Would you call them the, the moderate left? No, I wouldn't no, call them the moderate. The moderates. movement. The movement left. Okay, okay. They're, they're to the left of the left, in a sense. Uh, I mean, look, the establishment left wants us to be in the war in Ukraine. Right. The movement left doesn't. So whenever you read about, you, you never read about how corrupt the Ukraine government was or is, uh, how unnecessary this continuing this war mm-hmm. is. You never read that stuff because they're censoring it. Got it. And if you lived on the left as opposed to on the right, you would be as mad about these issues as we are. Thanks for your call, so Lou. we need to pull them on our side is what you're saying. To but them. listen, while I got you all listening, let me tell you about a very special restaurant. This is not a paid commercial. Oh, this is great. Uh, Doug and I, a couple about a month ago, ate at a restaurant called 76 House. I ate there 10 years ago. Which is in Tappan, New York, right at the foot of the bridge. Uh-huh. On, on the New York side. And, uh, it is, it's, it's, was a place, an originated, actually is the oldest restaurant in the United States. And George Washington ate there. You have picture, letters from him on the walls. Original letters? That yeah. what drives me. I can't believe they, that. Uh, they made me pose with a three-cornered hat and a <laughs> musket. And the musket weighed more than I did. <laughs> and, it, and it's like 20 feet tall. But then we didn't have to pay for our dinner because we had guns. Yeah, that's right. That's that, right. Isn't that what you said? And, it's, that and, and the menu is good. The food is it great. It was great. And, and well Robert, worth, the owner. Yeah, and I promised Robert I'd give him a plug. So this is a plug. Great 76 place. house. You know, I went tapping. there. I had a shop there building cars and motorcycles. I'm always working on my motorcycles all the time. And uh, I, I fell into this place. Actually, it's 20 years ago, I think. 
and it was so amazing. I spent an hour reading all those letters, and yeah. and if these can't be original, and he told us the other day, the letters are original. original. Yeah. Okay, so we'll see you there, guys. <laughs> this is the Dick Morris Show on seventy-seven WABC. It's Sunday, and you know what that means. Here's Dick Morris on seventy-seven WABC. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I am, stuck in the middle with you. You know the um, evacuation, to call it that, of the embassy in Afghanistan. Uh, will go down in history as one of the most significant events of our modern era. Debacle. Debacle, but embarrassment. Oh, God. And uh, Biden fell dramatically in the polling after that, and he has never recovered. Because the sights of those people trying to flee the embassy, many of whom are people who Climbing worked for us and worked with us and now are facing retribution from the Taliban, oh, God. Uh, was really heart- heartbreaking. But now I think we are in the middle of another media event, which is the lifting of Title 42 at the border. A couple when, days ago, right? Two days ago, yeah. Mm-hmm. When you see the crowd of people coming over the border, uh, they admitted to 10,000 yesterday, and you're just going to see huge volumes of people coming over, because they should. The message is out there. You can come and they'll let you stay. Nobody's going to send you back. Nobody's going to put you in jail. And the the flood of immigrants that's going to come as a result of this is unbelievable. And I think those visuals that will dominate our television screens for the next uh, weeks, if not months. You know, Dick, we, we talked to Nino yesterday, the guy that's on that podcast. Yeah. And he had Tell some... him who he is. I'm looking for... His name is Nino Rodriguez, and he's a, a heavyweight boxer who's dude. retired about 10 years ago. And um, he went to the Latin, and he went to the border, and he talked to many of the people who came over. And he said there are two groups. There are families that are obviously children and women, largely not men, who are trying to escape to the U.S. And then there are a whole bunch of single men who hang out together, who are absolute criminals. He said, I know like these 20 guys. 20 to 30-year-old bucks. I was calling them bucks. He said, I know these guys, and, and I know what they are, and I read their tattoos. Right. And uh, these people are waiting to come into the United States to commit crimes. To do harm. And there is no con- coincidence. Between, there's, there's a connection between the rising crime rate and the illegal immigration. Right. Uh, you can't say there's one without understanding that there's also the other. And, you know, I'm a politician, so I don't look at numbers in terms of tens or thousands or hundreds. I look at them in units of about 70,000 each. And percentages, No, 70,000 people. No, 700,000 people is one congressional seat. So when you tell me that 7 million people just came into the country. Oh, right. I got you. I say that's 10 congressmen who just came in. We won't, we won't, we won't have to eat it until 2030, because it'll take a little while for them to become citizens and vote and all of that. But it means that 10 congressmen just came into the country. If Nino's listening to this, call in, Nino. So, um, let's go to, uh, Daniel in the Bronx, who has a good question. In Hi, the previous hour, Janine Pirwell said there might be a plan to replace Kamala Harris. Oh, yeah. with Susan Rice. 
Do you agree? And if so, how might they go about doing that? Well, as long as they're replacing people at the ticket, why stop there? <laughs> you, got, right. you got another guy who desperately needs replacement. And, um, the big guy? Yeah. And Kamala Harris is a bit of an insurance policy for Joe Biden. I've explained this before. When Nixon was elected in 68, he knew that the media hated him and they knew that a lot of the country didn't like him. So he knew that they'd try to throw him out. So he took out an insurance policy named Spiro Agnew, who was his vice president. And he knew that nobody would throw him out because they didn't want to get Spiro Agnew as president. And that's what Kamala Harris represents to Joe Biden. I think that's one of the reasons why his staff let there be negative media out there, because ultimately he is Biden's insurance policy against being bounced off the ticket. Wow, that's interesting, Dick Morris. And I don't think they I don't think they can drop Kamala Harris because if they do no, if they do, everybody's gonna say, What about Joe Biden? And uh, once they're dropping people, they're not going to stop with that. Ah. And uh, so I think it. I think it would. Ba- I think it would backfire. But let's just say on this immigration issue, this is something where Trump has demonstrated that it is possible to close this immigration down. He absolutely created that and proved that. And with that, the amount of immigration we're having and the kind of people that are coming over and the mayhem that they're going to perpetrate uh, is is terrible. And we know that it's avoidable. We know that this didn't have to happen, uh, that you could just leave Trump's laws in place, and it would have solved itself. And uh, I think that's that's so clear as we look at this. And why do you think they're doing that? Because they, because they want the votes. Oh. They want the immigration. Not just they hate Trump and they want to no, knock seven. Every 700,000 people, that's a like congressman. Said, right, right. Yeah. And, and you, you bring 5 million over and you dominate Congress for the next 20 years. And, uh, that's, and that's why they're anxious not just for them to come over, but to become citizens and vote. And they don't care about the criminals and the fentanyl and all the other stuff exactly. that's coming in. Exactly. As long as they get their vote. It comes they, with it. Yeah, right. It comes yeah. with it. Right. Let's go to funny. Elizabeth in New York. It's not funny. Hi, Elizabeth. Thank you. Um, I think I will just ask one question, which is um, I do believe that um, six or eight months before the election, that with great uh, sympathy and great gratitude, uh, one way or another, the Democrats will retire the current president and will replace that person with Mrs. Obama. Have the Republicans prepared for that kind of surprise, which will not happen as late as October. But I think if they are caught flat-footed, I'm leaving the country. Uh, that really was well, my first, uh, my second point, so I won't talk anymore. I'd love to hear your opinion okay. on this. I've only heard it expressed once. Thank this you is- so much for the work you're doing. Thank you. Dick Morris knows exactly what to do. Yeah. Go, Dick. Well, Ask the her first, a question. <laughs> yeah, the first blush is is very good with Michelle Obama. Uh, the first take on her. All the all the useful idiots will be all and, excited. And all the Vogue magazine covers uh, yeah, and all the ooh. the color interviews, the uh, the personal stuff, the yeah. being a mother and all of that stuff. But then somebody's going to ask her a question. <laughs> They're going to say, "Do you support reparations for black people in the United States?" California just passed a law, which it's passing now, to give every single black citizen of California a check for $365,000. 
Would, do you agree with that? Or do you agree that racism is universal in the United States, that all white people are racist, and that the country was built and founded on racism? She's got to an answer. And that the wealth of the middle class is because of the exploitation of people of color. And she's got to answer that. Do you think that federal aid should first go to people of color and only then go to the rest of the country? And she has to answer that. If she answers it yes, she's going to lose the white vote. If she answers she'll it no, she'll do good in the primary, she'll lose right? The black vote. But she won't. The general she'll get destroyed. Well, they, she wouldn't be in a primary unless they fixed it already by knocking Biden out and basically creating a one-person primary. No, I'm saying <laughs> even those questions should yeah. be okay. Yeah, what, that's right. But what, when she gets to the general, she's going to be in. In deep trouble. If Trump will chew her to pieces. And, and I think that Obama, I think that Barack Obama and Michelle Obama understand that. And that's why they're not willing to take the chance of her running. I don't think she's actually going to run. Wow. I, but that's crazy. When we look at the immigration situation, we understand how we are being pushed. The Mexicans are coming in and others are coming in over the border. And we are being pushed to the borderline. You did good with the music today, Dick. Yeah. Let's go to Steve and Boca. Hey, Boca. Hey, Boca. Rather than call, just stick your head out the window. We're in Delray right now. Yeah. Oh, that's great. And enjoying the weather, Wolf. All right. I have two points, and I I just want to say, I have been a lifelong Democrat, and I'm one of those people who is very happy that CNN and MSNBC don't give the coverage to Donald Trump and don't give the uh, the Comer's committees and, and Jordan's committees. But what I worry about is that suppose Comer and Jordan, just like some of our, our Democratic people have leaked things like the Supreme Court, what if they were to leak all of this information they have uh, to Twitter? That's yeah, number well, that's one. Fine. And number two. We want number, that. I, we want it out there. We don't care what media. Right. The if the basic fact, Steve, is that if we knew then what we know now about the Biden connection with China, we never would have elected him president. And laptop and all Comer that. has just shown, proven that Biden and his family got a total of ten million dollars from the Chinese Communist Party. He's proven it. He has the bank records right online on his website. And in his testimony, just go there. I looked at them yesterday. How are them spinning that right now? Well, they're not. They're hoping nobody finds out about it. And there's no way to spin it. And, uh, and, oh, and, no, they'll figure a way to spin it. And we want this stuff to be all over the place. Uh, basically, you have to understand what went on here. There is no federal ethics law that requires disclosure by sons or daughters or brothers or sisters or parents of candidates. The candidate has to, but his, and his spouse has to disclose, but nobody else does. So Biden basically took his family and made it the Biden crime family. Ah, that was and, his wall. And he, and he commissioned every one of his relatives to be, in effect, an offshore corporation. So basically, they're the storefront, as we would use in the Bronx. Yeah, that's They're true. the storefront. That's a good line. Yeah. That's a good line. And, and, he channeled, and he channeled money through them. Uh, so he had Hunter 
take millions from the Chinese. But that's not all. They had Frank Biden and James Biden and um, uh, Bo Biden's widow, who, uh, who uh, Hunter had an affair with for three years. He got all of them to get money, millions of dollars, 10 million overall, so that he could keep clean. It was like a bagel. Everybody around him got the money, but he was clean in the center. You know, I use the analogy like an Italian. You use the analogy like a Jewish guy. The bagel, I said the storefront. Oh, okay. And you used the bagel. They're both in the Bronx, but still. I thought you might say the donut. (laughs) That was good. Let's go to Russ in White Plains, who has a neat question. Oh, uh, hey, Dick. Um, You know, the nattering nabobs did take out Spiro Agnew, and then they came for Tricky (laughs) Dick. So, yeah, so I, I think Susan Rice is the kind of sledgehammer that could do both Biden and Kamala Harris. I think that's what the woman's point was. Michelle Obama would then be irrelevant. But, Dick, have you heard that your fellow high school alumnus, David Axelrod, was on TV saying that the media, what the media thought was going to be adding brick by brick to Trump's load turns out to be making Trump a martyr and a target because he is a real threat to the deep state? Have you heard oh, him say that? No. No, I haven't. But my alma mater, uh, Stuyvesant High School, I thought Eric Holder is from there. I didn't know David was. No, Nader, he said. No, no, he's saying David Axelrod, right? Yeah, he was there in, I think he graduated in 73. He was there during a barricade against the police. I remember I was in spring of 72 outside the building. And and Axelrod was on the top floor, you know, it's a six-floor building in the laboratory, throwing chemicals and, you know, Various bodily yes. fluids out on I the police. Pro- yeah, it's a story. It's I in the clip. Wow. I didn't know that. Uh, yeah, well, um, Axelrod's very smart, and uh, he gets the point, and he understands that these prosecutions of Trump help Trump. Literally, there has never been a better example of the accuracy of the Nietzsche line that those that which doesn't kill me makes me stronger. Absolutely. Uh, by Friedrich Nietzsche. It's in a song now, but it's, it was his line. And this it's is so completely true, true because they, they, they're constantly giving Trump diseases he can overcome that create antibodies right. against the other cases that are coming down the road. The fact that nobody blames him in Stormy Daniels stuff and thinks that he shouldn't be held guilty because of he listed in column A, not column B. The fact that they think that the uh, allegation of rape is totally the Bergdorf thing, unsubstantiated and ridiculous. ridiculous. All of that builds antibodies in the system, immunity. <clears throat> so that then, when they come with something more serious, like the classified documents or like the January sixth riot, we already, he already has the antibodies. He's got you know, I'm going to say that. He really doesn't know that woman. I was with him 7 o'clock in the morning, right when it broke and no one knew about it. And we were just talking. And he goes, you know, I have no idea. And he was being honest, you know, with me. We were just talking. He goes, I have no idea who this person is. And he would have said it. He would have said, oh, yeah, I I didn't really do anything and this and that. So I believe him. We'll be back with our Mother's Day special. Oh, yeah, happy Mother's Day. This is the Dick Morris Show on 77 WABC. It's Sunday, and you know what that means. Here's Dick Morris on 77 WABC.
In politics, we always say it's like motherhood and apple pie, that everybody or something, and it's not controversial. And if you say you're for motherhood and you're apple pie, it's not going to get you any votes because people know everybody says that. Well, now, apple pie is doing okay, but motherhood is under assault. Wait, hold on one second. We didn't really get into the happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there, and thank happy you very much. Mother's Day. We love you. You're under assault. That's what yeah. we can talk about. Motherhood is under assault, and uh, there is a determined effort here to break up the American family and uh, to sideline uh, mothers and fathers and, uh, and create really a socialist world in which kids are raised in common. Uh, that's what Hillary's idea was. It takes a village. Oh, yeah. And, mm-hmm. and the idea is that you, you break that fundamental connection. But mothers' rights is a key political issue now. Mothers, and when I say mothers, I mean mothers and fathers, have the right to decide, should have the right to decide, what their children are taught in school. Absolutely. Now, when Terry McAuliffe ran for governor of Virginia re-election, he explicitly said no. He said, let the experts make that decision. Oh, yeah, the parent, not the parents, some yeah. experts. Let the experts make, let the educators yeah. make that decision. The guy at least wants the border open. And, and the educrats, yeah. bureaucrats in education, educrats. are good. determined to control that. And they know better than we do. Get the frig and out of here. And they're determined to tell uh, our parents how to raise their children and to bypass their parents. There literally is an instruction manual that has been circulated to teachers to teach them and train them in how to protect their children against their parents finding out no that way. gender change Where therapy and surgery. It, it, it's, uh, it's in schools around the country. Uh, literally to make it, to permit them to deceive their parents and to be part of this boy. process. So parental consent is, is an anachronism. Um, <laughs> for example, in the abortion issue, the issue of parental consent or even parental notification has been left far behind. Uh, I believe that teenagers, that even teenagers, people under, the, uh, under 21, should have to have parental consent or guardian consent if they don't have a parent before they can have an abortion. And I think that just like we make them have parental consent before they can get a shot or before they can or get a tattoo. Or a tattoo. You can't even get a tattoo without. Yeah. So the role and the sovereignty of the mother and the father has been eroded dramatically. And the state is increasingly replacing the mother and the father. So happy Mother's Day and let's fight to maintain motherhood. Let's understand that it's under attack and that we need to go ahead. We need to get pro- Trump back in office. That. Let's go to Luis in Queens, who has an interesting point to make. Yes, hi. Uh, good, after- uh, good afternoon, gentlemen. Listen, uh, you listen to shortwave radio, you listen to foreign broadcast. Mm-hmm. In Nicaragua and El Salvador, the leadership is claiming that they have virtually obliterated any murders in the country over the past year or two. And they're saying that the the murder rate is basically zero. This, they had El Salvador was the murder capital of the world for many, many years prior to now. And what's interesting is 
all these young men that they're bringing into the United States mm-hmm. and putting them, oh, they want to put them on military bases. Young men, foreigners, no, no loyalty to the United States being put on military bases. This is a Trojan horse. Uh, I, uh, you're right. Let me just inject the facts here. Central America, uh, the El Salvador had a 57% reduction in its homicide rate from last year to this year. 57% reduction. And the homicide rate came down in Guatemala, Honduras, Nicaragua, Costa Rica, and Panama. There were fewer people being killed in El Salvador because they're getting killed here. The murderers are coming here. Yeah. And they're killing people here and not there. Uh, I did a campaign in El Salvador, and the uh, the murder rate there is so horrible, uh, and the gangs are run out of the prisons. And the kid who's the leader of the gang, it's a teenage gang, is like 20 years old, and he's in jail for life with his cell phone, with his women, with his drugs, with his alcohol, because the whole prison's on his payroll. Yeah. And he's directing the gang from his cell sure. phone. And that was the situation last year. I did not realize this until Luis just raised it, and I just Googled it and said the most significant decrease compared with the previous year was achieved by El Salvador with a 56.9% reduction, and Panama had a 10.1% reduction in, the, uh, in their increase, so the, the reduction in their murder rate. So that's absolute proof, Luis. Thank you for turning me on to wow. that. That the murderers are coming here and committing their crime here. I did not know that. And, Luis, I'm very grateful to you for, for doing that. There should be criminal prosecution of the people that are letting these people in. Let's go to Maria in Tampa. Hi, Maria. Hi, Maria. Hi. So you're both agreed. We need Trump back in office. Absolutely. I want him back in office. I have one prediction. And I'm really afraid that the same thing's going to happen in 2024 as happened in 2020 and 2022. They are going to cheat. They're going to get every possible ballot. They're going to use every legal and illegal way. And the thing is, they've been organizing since 2016. Maria, let me me cut you short. We are organizing right now. Let me cut you short because we have only four minutes to the end of the show. We're organizing. Uh, I've been working on that very, very hard. We have. And we are organizing, or Trump is organizing, a, a veritable army of people to go all over the all over the board, the swing states. Careful and and monitor the voting and make sure there is no fraud. Uh, we're not going to let the Democrats have a monopoly over over ballots and over the early voting and over the vote count. Listen, they play hard, and we're going to play harder right yeah. now. You'll, I don't want to preempt stuff, but you can have. You can hear a lot about that a lot in the about coming months. Afterwards. Let's go to Tony in Clifton. Hi, Tony. Hi. Hi, guys. You know, I just have one thought today, uh, uh, Dick and Doug, and it's when we think of Biden and how much damage he's done, oh, I, God. Would love to, I would love to hear uh, President Trump, you know, say more and more about that. I love that. I love yeah. to hear America oh know what yeah, they did. And here's what I think. He will. He's doing that 24-7, and he'll continue to do it. My worry is that they could switch candidates on him at the last minute. <laughs> right, and, and it won't mean as much. And we have to rewrite all those damn speeches. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but, listen, but when, right. when he's back in, my computer has a thing where 
F replace. Right? You do command F replace. Yeah, that F can, means something and else. You can get rid of Biden and put in you know, F you. Uh, Obama. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to Ralph in Jersey. Hey, Ralph. Go. Yeah, Ralph. Ralph. Hello, Ralph. Maybe he's okay. off. So, um, so we talked today about the, uh, about the new fusion, how we need to break that 4% ceiling. We need to get those voters who are still not supporting Trump, but who agree with Trump on all of these various issues of pesticides, food safety, FDA, mandatory vaccination, uh, Internet spying. Fusion. Uh, putting smart meters in your home that detect your every movement, putting small banks out of business and replacing them with big multinational institutions on the corner, and that these are voters we can get. We can use our tools to fix their car. We could pull some of the left over to us. We can use the same issues on them that the left is using on us. And uh, and I think that that's the big thing that we've been talking about, and that is the the wonderful shot that we have. Uh, We talked a lot about how Biden is a loser, is desperate, is uh, absolutely missed the bus. No, I'm sorry, not Biden, DeSantis. DeSantis missed the bus. Right, 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 right. Uh, he should have been in this campaign five months ago when he had, was only 10 points behind Trump. Now he's 40 points behind Trump. I still believe he is just doing his little shuffle here, and he's never, he's not going in. I don't yeah, think so. But well, if he's going me. in, I think he's going out soon. I don't think he's even but, going uh, in. I think he's the, playing the game. But the thing is that they, that... Right now, his coming in is an act of splitting the party. Yeah, it's an act why. of dividing us. Horrible. It's not a candidacy. It's a suicide mission. Yeah. When Japan stopped winning the war and started losing it, they crashed their planes right. into our aircraft carriers. Right. right. And yet the pilot Kamikaze. Died. The plane was destroyed, but the carrier was destroyed, right. too. Kamikaze. And he's gone from being a combatant to being a kamikaze. Wow. And we have to come out against him and understand that He's not and say that he is deliberately splitting the party. Dick Morris has been an honor. And by the way, happy Mother's Day to those beautiful mothers out there. It's happy. more important than anything is the mothers that brought us into the world. Yep. Happy Mother's Day, guys. mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.